Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it is Stu's Days on Wednesday. Boy, my travel schedule's uh, messing up with Stu's Days, uh, Stu. I'm, I'm sorry. It's okay, Dave. Uh, I'm just glad we're doing it. So we, you're, we, you're, we, you're I, a busy man. You're a busy man. At least uh, Stu's Days kind of works, <laughs> and you do look stupendous today. All right. All right. But, much, much better than markets lately. But, you, you know, I, um, one of the things we were just talking before we, 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 we came on, and, uh, and, and I think one of the things, as I'm out talking to a lot of advisors and investors this week as, as I'm traveling around in, uh, in British Columbia, uh, always important to remember perspective. And you had something that, uh, that crossed your desk uh, over the last couple of days that really uh, highlights uh, that that longer term view of investing and having perspective, regardless of what's happening in markets. Well, it was just it was interesting. A colleague is retiring who's been uh, well, she's been with uh, the firm since uh, it started in 1988. Um, and uh, she, and uh, she put out to Suzanne Gaynor, she put out uh, an archive of all the different mementos and big news events that had taken place over the years. And she has it all spread out over the trading desk. And yeah, it's just it's a great reminder about all the stuff that happens uh, yeah. over time. And uh, you know, investing it gets a long game. Uh, it's played sometimes in short increments, but it is a long game. And uh, you know, I think that kind of leads into a little bit what we're what we're going to talk about now about uh, the inflation reading uh, from last week. And um, you know, the headline was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, yeah. The core number was not too bad, but. Energy and food uh, continue to to kind of bang away at inflation, and that's going to be important to getting uh, you know to the path of descent. Um, you know, we still think inflation is in the process of peaking. Uh, there's there's some components actually that are annualizing over the last couple of months at declines in the consumer goods and, and things like this. But in, in energy is going to be an important element in that. Um, you did get, you know, so you got this big inflation number. You had another move in the bond market, which ironically, you know, maybe sets up a bit of a window here for, you know, the Fed was going to have to do so much tightening and the absolute magnitude of tightening is not really that different than, than what it had been before, but maybe it'll happen faster. And um, it'll be interesting to see whether or not, ironically, markets take some confidence from that, because um, you know we've been discussing this notion that that a Fed that is going to remove liquidity to dampen inflation is positive for long-term investors, even though it's negative in the short term. Uh, you know, a long-term investor definitely wants a stable inflation environment over a long period of time. Um, so you know, we we have the decision this afternoon, and um, and we'll take it from there. And and Stu, I just 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 to, to to pop in on on how quickly things are are changing, and you know, in a fairly uncertain environment, which we talked about a lot on, on previous podcasts. Uh, but when we were sitting uh, just just over a week ago doing the last uh, episode of the podcast, uh, it, most people thought that the the Fed was going to raise interest rates fifty basis points uh, this afternoon. We're here on uh, Wednesday, June fifteenth. Uh, taping yes. this uh, just uh, oh about an hour before the the Fed announcement comes out. Now the market is pricing in a one hundred percent likelihood of a seventy five basis point uh, increase in in rates this afternoon. Along with that, the Fed futures that forecast where how far the Fed's going to ultimately go with rates 
uh, that's moved from you know a little under three percent a week ago to now almost four percent. So these higher inflation expectations or the higher uh, inflation and this report has really pushed the market in terms of a, a higher expectation of where the Fed goes. Uh, and you know, I, I guess it's not surprising that uh, at some point that 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 the you're, the Fed is going to do what they need to do to control inflation. Um, and at some point, the market's going to look past and through what the Fed's doing right now and say, "Hey, on the other side of this, we have an environment with ultimately lower inflation. Rates may even be able to settle down, and that could be pretty good for equity markets." Yeah, and that's and that's um, that is what people are trying to think about because even as short-term rates rose, the yield curve flattened uh, even more, and long-term interest rates moved a little bit, but not really the same degree to which you just discussed. So, you know, this notion of, you know, even today, if the yield curve begins to invert, which likely signals a more significant slowdown, the equity market has discounted that to some degree, right? Um, You know, we had a discussion this morning with an analyst where we went through a recession scenario on banks. It's probably the fifth recession scenario that we've gone through with different analysts on banks. And if you ask uh, people on, on sales and trading desks and in research departments, the number one question is, show me the recession scenario. So, you know, that doesn't mean it's fully discounted, but if it is the major topic of discussion, then um, people are, are more prepared for it. So then you're looking to your point for the ingredients of, OK, will, you know, how far does the Fed have to go? How do we get inflation back down? That stabilizes longer-term valuations, which then creates the environment for maybe we have to have lower earnings that then rebound, um, and that's the those are the ingredients for for better equity prices over time. Yeah, and, and I think uh, a lot of people, as as again, as I'm talking to uh, to advisors and, and investors, uh, and certainly investors of my vintage uh, who remember the 1970s, point back to that as a as a historical period. Uh, where we saw a lot of similar things happening. You had that inflation, you had higher energy prices, you had uh, geopolitical strife uh, around the world. And I think it's important to remember that back in the 1970s, one of the mistakes that they made um, early on as, as energy prices were starting to move out and inflation was starting to spiral out of control is they didn't take a hard enough stance against inflation ultimately meaning they had to go really hard at it uh, in the early 1980s to, to finally kill inflation or at least get it under some some form of control. Um, so, so in some ways, seeing the Fed act more aggressively now is a sign that they learned from the 1970s and they are going to take this seriously and, and get inflation under control. And again, hopefully it doesn't cause a recession, but but it may. And then, but but it leaves behind uh, a, a pretty stable base for the for the future of, uh, of the global economy. Yeah, like one of the books that I'm reading right now is uh, written by the chief economist at the Wall Street Journal, and it's about the Federal Reserve and the response during COVID. Um, the first half of the book details, you know, some of the the history of the Federal Reserve, how it came about, and some of the Fed governors over time. And um, there's a couple of things about this story. The first is. You know, the, the episode where Paul Volcker is in Jimmy Carter's office before he becomes Fed governor and and Jimmy Carter is is not doing well in the polls, uh, you know, likely on the way out. 
And he asked Volcker about interest rates and, and Volcker says, well, I'm going to raise them a lot more than the guy that's there now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that proved to be successful. You know, the only reason I tell this story is, you know, fast forward, you know, the point that you made where, you know, they've learned from what to do in the past. You know, the second thing is, is that it was that uh, uh, head economist who wrote in the Wall Street Journal that the Fed would likely go 75 basis points, which led market participants to say, well, this guy has, you know, was given very good inside view to write the book. The Fed often uses a mouthpiece during the blackout period. And um, and that and that's kind of why the, the markets jump towards the 75 basis point uh, move. Um, but, you know, it does reflect that overall discussion is that the terminal value of the investment, like you know, we talk so much about terminal value when it comes to ESG, when it comes to the cash flow that a business produces, the terminal value is is how much cash is going to be there down the road, like what type of earnings and earnings growth are we going to see and what valuation are we going to apply to it? And inflation helps generate earnings to some degree, but it can take from that terminal value in its, in its valuation. So that's why it's very important to kind of get out and get, get control of it. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and as, 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 as a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, again, seasoned investors who were around investing through that period, they, what, what they remember about it, which is, which is, again, I, I think what we're experiencing right now in terms of that great uncertainty is is that higher inflation and the unknown in terms of how high interest rates have to go to quell that inflation make it very very difficult for 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 managers for CEOs for presidents of companies to plan uh, around their business and uh, w- because there's such a wide range of possible outcomes and what's nice about that low inflation environment where you've got stable interest rates like we've had for so much of the last uh, 25 years uh, is it makes it easier for business leaders to to plan and run their businesses. So uh, that's another reason why you've you've got to get this under control. Yeah, and 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 you know the other thing I'd, I'd add to that too is that you know even during past periods of inflation, you can say well the Fed funds rate needed to go above inflation in order to wrestle it under control. The other thing that is more difficult in this environment is because the amount of leverage in the system is higher. So you know so in past scenarios you could say well this is required. But the leverage in the system quickly acts as a governor on the economy, which is very different than, than than past. So, you know, if you're running with inflation that, you know, core at six or headline at eight, and people are wondering, well, how high do interest rates need to go? The counter to that is the amount of debt, the amount of debt stock that exists and higher interest rates immediately start to sap uh, income out of your pocket and back to paying your debts and higher commodity prices also are, are having a, a slowing effect as well. So, um you know, that is the that is the delicate balance here, trying to figure out uh, what level of interest rates is enough to quell inflation, probably cause a bit of a slowdown, but, uh, you know, kind of get past it so that we can get on to uh, what drives earnings growth over time. Yeah, and, and uh, important to remember that uh, when inflation, uh, with the, the Bolker story, uh, when they did finally raise interest rates dramatically. And many people listening to this podcast will remember maybe paying over 20% on their mortgage rate in the early 1980s or the 1981 Canada Savings Bond at 19.5%. Uh, and and I, we, we do not think that, uh, or you you, um, you do likely do not think that rates are going that high, but but they, they, they took that critical step, killed inflation, it created a recession, but from there spawned 
uh, the 17-year bull market, 18-year bull market that was the greatest in history uh, from 82 to 2000. So if you can get it right, if you take care of things, you can lay the groundwork for uh, you know, an investment environment that is really positive. That's right. If you, uh, as my dad would say, if you clean the stalls, eventually you get to ride the pony. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, sounds like uh, that, that was his way of getting you to clean the stalls. <laughs> Likely. <laughs> <laughs> Likely. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's great. We'll maybe focus a little bit more on, uh, on equity markets uh, specifically uh, next week because uh, that's what you're doing every day. Uh, but, but good to reset around uh, what's driving markets from an interest rate and inflation perspective today. Stu, always great to catch up with you. We'll talk to you next week. Great. Thanks, Dave. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.